Still Here, Still Healing is part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, supported by Connexus Credit Union. I'm so excited about this episode. Um, I'm feeling very proud. Uh, Still Here, Still Healing is turning one. Uh, It's been an entire year of podcasting and I wanted to take this time to uh, release this episode to kind of give everybody a recap of one year as a self-taught Indigenous woman in podcasting. It's been a crazy year. Um, A lot of learning has taken place. I've had um, a lot of different experiences, successes, struggles um, that I want to share with all of you. And I also want to answer a couple questions, uh, questions that I frequently get get from people. So I'm hoping that this kind of recap episode uh, will explain them some things for everybody. And um, yeah, just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that has been listening throughout this past year. Uh, I'm just so happy with how things have been turning out. Uh, but to get into the episode, I wanted to first talk about the why and the how of starting Still Here, Still Healing. I think a lot of people know that The reason why I started the show uh, was because I'm obviously an Indigenous woman um, and residential schools have impacted my family uh, directly and uh, my dad actually attended a residential school for 10 years. Um, So that was kind of the basis of why this is the topic that I chose. Uh, I found it to be... Uh, an important subject to cover you know there's nobody really on this podcasting platform sharing these types of stories and so I saw the need um, and I saw that there could potentially be some success there in sharing different uh, stories and different experiences so yeah my dad uh, he was I guess the inspiration behind the show he passed away when I was 16 And at that time, I didn't really, um, I didn't have the knowledge of exactly what residential schools were. And coming from, so I'm a teacher and um, I have my degree in education. And so I, I know what the Saskatchewan curriculum looks like now um, and how there's a huge push in the curriculum to teach more Indigenous content, um, to teach more about Uh, Canadian history and how residential schools have affected Indigenous people and communities. Um, But back even when I was in elementary and high school, I feel as though there wasn't that much of a push for that content to be taught because I don't remember ever being taught anything about residential schools. I didn't even really know what they were, even though it was something that directly affected my family and myself. So at the time that I was 16 uh, and my dad passed, I knew that he attended a residential school. However, I didn't know details of his experience. I didn't know details of what the types of things that were happening in those schools and like why kids were sent there. Um, So I never had the opportunity to really ask my dad those questions. And then entering university, obviously, I started learning more and more about uh, true Canadian history. And I started learning about how residential schools have affected so many people. And a lot of things started to click in my own mind. And I was able to relate, like, learning about 
the history and how it has affected my family as well it was starting to click for me and I was really aching to have a person to go to and ask more questions like from a first hand somebody that has experienced it right I wanted to be able to go to a survivor and ask questions and I wanted that person to be my dad but he wasn't around anymore so I guess starting this podcast kind of gave me that outlet to talk to survivors firsthand and hear their stories hear their experiences and then also be able to share that with other people because I think it's so needed um, obviously for people like myself who have those questions um, and it's just it makes it so much easier to learn when and to like feel the effects of something when you can hear firsthand from a person who experienced um what they went through at residential school. So I think this platform was definitely necessary and that's kind of the story of why I chose the topic and why I started the show. Um, I also often get asked like how I started a podcast. Um, So the podcasting community, especially for Indigenous people and Indigenous females, is it's a very small community. Um, I started to realize that when I first got started, um, I was realizing that I was one of the only people pursuing um, a podcast, especially with this topic as an Indigenous person. And um, yeah, I started to realize that I didn't there wasn't very much representation is what I was realizing and I want to be able to change that that's something that I still I guess advocate for or push for um, is to see more females and more indigenous females in podcasting I think it's a great way to share stories and to uh, get our voices out there on a large platform so how I started a show um (laughs) I really did a lot of research um my google search bar was like how to start a podcast um but yeah I did a lot of stuff on my own I I have no formal training or like yeah I have no formal training in like journalism or like interviewing skills um I had no really like public speaking skills except for like obviously I was a teacher um and then same with like the tech side of things so like I didn't know what microphone to buy I didn't know really what software to use or or how to get my show onto Apple and Spotify you know those are all things that I I had to learn on my own and and do the research and I often get people coming to me and asking me those questions and I would love to help. Um, I try my best to help when there's other Indigenous folks that approach me and ask like, what do I do to start a podcast? Um, yeah, I try my best but I, I hope people are not expecting too much for me, from me because Um, I would really like people to realize that I'm not a professional and I'm still learning a lot of things. This entire year has been just a learning experience. I've tried a lot of things. There's been like a lot of trial and error. Um, I was fortunate enough to already have some basics um, in GarageBand. So I use GarageBand to 
edit my show um yeah and do most of like the production stuff i guess um so i had a little bit of experience using that platform already which is why i stuck with it um but i would say for anyone starting a podcast that's probably like one of the tougher things is the tech side if you don't have that those skills yet definitely like buy the tools that you need um, and just play around with them and see what they can do um, see how you can use them and yeah I'm lucky I'm lucky that I had some people in my life that uh, were pretty tech savvy and were able to walk me through a couple things when I was stuck Um, I also wanted to mention that I started my show with a grant Um, so I well currently I do a lot of work for taking it global but before I started working for them um, I actually applied for a grant with them and that was also something I was researching too because I realized that I was gonna need money to fund my show I needed to buy the equipment Um, I needed money to I wanted to give money to as an honorarium to my guests I needed some funds to travel because uh, I went back to my home community for one episode and so yeah I applied for a grant with taking it global um, which helped out tremendously it really like that's what really launched my show um, and was allowed me to start so I would just I want to give a shout out to them and I would suggest if there's any youth um, wanting to apply for grants they have a grant it's the rising youth grant Um, I actually work on I host a couple of the hashtag rising youth podcast episodes Um, but yeah they give out grants to youth that um, are looking to do community service projects and they need some help funding with funding it's super accessible um, really easy to apply for you just need to fill out a form um, and even like the reporting afterwards is super easy Um, and yeah that's for ages 15 to 30 so I would definitely check that out Uh, it definitely helped me with getting started with my show so I guess that's kind of the why and the how uh, story of the show and and the reasoning behind still here still healing But over the past year, I've definitely had like struggles and successes. Um, I don't think I was expecting the show to have as much success as it did. So I'm so thankful for that. And and that just really has to do with the people that are tuning into the show and the people that um, are listening and supporting me. So one of the successes I would say I'm I was part of or I am part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Um, And through that, I was able to uh, attend the CBC Podcast Meetup in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, And they're they're both doing like some really good things. I thought it was awesome and an awesome event to take part in. Uh, However, some things that I noticed um, when attending this event and also with the Saskatchewan Podcast Network is representation. So again, that's a huge thing for me is uh, there's not a lot of Indigenous people and there's not a lot of females that are in podcasting and especially in Saskatchewan. I think I I will take a guess that I'm probably the only one uh, and if I'm not, please reach out to me and tell me because I would love to have a little bit of a network um, and 
and know some people that are doing some some other work in podcasting that'd be awesome to kind of link up uh but yeah as far as i know that in saskatchewan there's no other indigenous females doing any podcasting so yeah that's something that i think can definitely use some work but i also that's such a success i'm proud to be part of the network and i'm i was happy to attend the cbc event uh there was a lot of learning that took place there and a lot of networking so that was cool um another success i would say i was nominated for the canadian podcast award for outstanding indigenous series that was amazing um and it was just great to see all the other nominations and to check out some other shows just based on being a part of that um this year i had interviews with cbc and global and mbc and like those interviews really helped with promoting my show and yeah i was just super thankful for that that was a huge success also within like five days of launching the show i was on the new and noteworthy page for apple Podcasts, which blew my mind like what that i didn't think that happened i didn't even know how you get onto the new and noteworthy but somehow i was there and from there i ended up being top 100 on the history charts and top 100 on society and culture charts for apple Podcasts. so another success and that just honestly that's because of you guys it's because of the listeners for uh supporting me so amazing i just i'm super happy that you know things are are as successful as they are and that you guys are always tuning in so thank you for that another success i would say this past year actually probably the most rewarding thing and the thing that i'm happiest about is the amount of opportunities that have opened up for me because i started the show have been insane but the best thing yet has been working with youth um obviously coming from a teaching teaching background um i want to fuse my uh my background in education with this new journey of podcasting and i want i always that was the goal i think was you know to to use this podcast as a platform for teaching and the fact that it opened opportunities for me to work more with youth Um, so I was able to do some workshops so last summer I went to Flying Dust First Nation um, out in Meadow Lake and I got to work with some teenagers out there just talking about podcasting and how it's a form of storytelling and a way to keep our culture uh, lively on a different uh, media platform and yeah I kind of shared with them how I got started in podcasting and we were able to do a little workshop together Uh, so that was really rewarding love that I was able to do that and I would love to do more work like that Um, I also with taking a global with their connected north program I get to uh do telepresence education and I get to do workshops with youth all over Canada just talking about uh, how you can record a mini podcast on your iPad and how it's a new form of storytelling and you know it just goes great with the curriculum and it's a great uh, opportunity to share stories Um, yeah and the youth love it so that's been the most rewarding part Uh, It's only fair if I talk about, if I'm going to talk about success, to also talk about struggles. Um, I think I've definitely struggled a lot this year. Um, 
with like personally my mental health but I think starting the show it it helped me a lot with realizing that I need to do some of my own healing like there was a moment in time where it was like I how do I have a podcast called still here still healing yet I'm not doing any of my own healing um so yeah I took a lot of time this year to focus on my mental health and um, the healing that I need to do, whether that be from intergenerational trauma because of residential schools or, um, you know, any other stuff that I needed to work through. That was something that took place this year. Um, and I struggled a lot with mental health. Um, some other struggles I faced this year in terms of podcasting, I, I came into the show with a goal of releasing one episode a month and I quickly realized that uh, that that wasn't quite possible for me. Uh, at the time I was working as a full-time teacher and I had uh, my grant, I used up my grant and I had no other money to really fund um, doing more episodes. So I, I took a break and that was that was kind of tough on me because you know, when I'm, I'm hard on myself and when I set a goal like that, I really want to reach it. And it was, I felt like I was letting down the people who are listening to the show if I wasn't releasing content. But the other side of that too was also trying to find uh, survivors that are open and willing to speak on a podcast about their experiences. Um, that was tough as well. So those were some of the struggles that I faced this year. Um, moving forward, I hope that, um, you know, that I'm still working on my healing journey. So moving forward, I hope that I can bring a little bit more of that um, perspective into the show um, and share a little bit with that uh, with all of you guys. And I hope that I can find some more survivors that are, are ready and, and willing to share their stories with me and with everyone else. So yeah, a lot of ups and downs uh, this entire year of podcasting. It's been crazy, mostly good things. I really can't complain. Um, I just want to say thank you again to all of you that have been listening and supporting. It's really, it's really rewarding to know that there are people that are that want to listen to the this show and want to hear our voices. So thank you for that. Um, and moving forward into the next year, um, I'm hoping that. I can still share survivor stories because that's that was the goal going into the show. But I also realized that there are so many Indigenous youth that need to have their stories heard as well, um, including myself. And so I want to incorporate more of that moving forward. I want to hear voices from not only survivors, but uh, intergenerational survivors. And just, you know, I want to hear from more youth from all over Canada who want to, sh want to share their stories with me. I would love to share them with you. And, and I would love to do that moving forward. Um, but again, thank you. And I want to, I think we all owe a thank you to the four survivors who were on the show this year, who shared their stories and their experiences, and who trusted me and you with their stories. So Marlene Bear, Louise Half, Mary Wesley, and Frank Clinton, this season was all for you guys. It was all about you guys, and I'm so happy that you were brave and you were courageous and shared your stories with all of us. My name is 
Mary Wesley, and I'm from Burson Lake, Ontario. I started in um, grade three, going to school in Timber Bay. And before I go any further, I'll introduce myself. My name is Frank Clinton. I was born June 7th, 1962. Um, my name is Marlene Bear, and I'm from Flying Dust First Nation. Ne oski sega makani mitoksini ansiga sun ahunichiskapu nehotse. That is my Cree name is uh, Sky Dare, answer loosely translated into English, and I originally hail from Saddle Lake, Alberta. Um, I went to a residential school in Blue Quills. It's hard sometimes when you think about it. Like right now, it's it's kind of part you. All the memories come back. The uh, bad memories. That's the one thing that I really miss was adults and younger people getting together and helping each other get ready for life. I guess that's what really angers me, that they didn't teach us what we're supposed to learn. When those people came, the first time they came to pick us up, to take us away and force us into this place, they kidnapped us. But I didn't realize that I wasn't coming home. I thought I was just going for a cruise with a bunch of other kids, and I was just going to be just... Wow. We stood there and we cried for hours, wanting to go home. They, they cut our hair and I was just going, why are you cutting my hair? My mom's going to be mad. You're not supposed to just cut my hair. And the, I remember them saying, your mom doesn't care. But they, tr- what they tried to stop me from speaking my language. I never forgot it, no. When it came time to religion, having them force us to close our eyes, fold our hands together, and worship this Almighty that they worshipped, and yet this Almighty allowed them to beat us, this Almighty allowed them to take our culture away, this Almighty also said, these older people are allowed to beat you, to keep you straight, to keep you on the path that they want you to be on. But I'm going home, I don't need to make my bed, right? And they said, no, you're not going home. You're going to stay here. And I went, I don't want to stay here. I want to go see my mom. And start crying. And lots of other kids were crying. We were all just losing it there. I had to work through that stuff. You know, it's um, it's difficult. It, uh, um, yeah, Like mentally, I just had to um, educate myself because residential school didn't prepare you for that at all. With the foster homes that I've had, with the, um, the residential school that I went to school at, those were the most painful parts of my life. I was like a stranger. I didn't know where I belonged. I'm not really sure, like seriously, if I have anything good to say. Because when you take a person like me out of a beautiful home and then go shove me in there and I get molested and abused. And, and also I had a volatile anger because that's what I grew up with, that's what I saw. And because also I had this unnamed anger toward the system. I'm not sure who thought up this idea, but he, of residential schools, but he must have been a really sick man because he messed up generations. 
that some of that stuff that sat quietly in my emotions, in my spiritual being, was passed on to my kids. I just like them to remember that they were born as indigenous people, not as a Christian, not as a this or a that, you know. We're all born pure and indigenous. You have to know and you have to be proud of we're still laughing. We're still living. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you just want to say hi, you can follow me on my personal Instagram is jadr with three r's 94 or you can send me an email at shshpodcast at gmail.com.